Chapter One of Life of Saint Gerard Mayella. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Valeria. Life of Saint Gerard Mayella by Reverend O. R. Vassal Phillips. His childhood, about fifty miles south of naples the traveller will come upon the picturesque little town of muro nestling snugly amidst the apennines it looks down from the mountain slopes upon a wide expanse of a fertile plain which stretches away beneath its walls muro is an episcopal sea like the most italian cities it is rich in religious houses here especially the children of saint francis are to be found in large numbers you may mark their humble homes as they rise in unadorned simplicity beside buildings of great architectural beauty it was in this pleasant spot favored alike by nature and grace that god was pleased to place the cradle of saint gerard his father was a man of lowly birth a tailor by trade but full of piety and virtue upon this worthy man dominic Mayella was his name heaven bestowed first two daughters and then a son the story of whose short but marvellous life we are about to present to our readers this boy was born on the sixth of april in the year seventeen twenty six and was baptized by the name of gerard on the very day of his birth in the cathedral of his native city god is wonderful in all his saints yet it is true that these his chosen servants show forth his goodness and wisdom in widely different ways this must necessarily be the case since widely different are the purposes that they are designed to effect in the buried story of the church's welfare according to the need so is the gift bestowed some of the greatest of the saints have mirrored the divine perfections by the spotlessness of their souls in the ordinary discharge of everyday duties their virtues were heroic but it was not necessary to their vocation that they should receive many extraordinary prerogatives others on the contrary have preached the infinite power of god even on the housetops by the marvellous miracles that he has enabled them to perform or rather that he has himself deemed to perform at their prayer and through their instrumentality to this latter class belongs our saint gerard 
His life was one long wonder. In him, God seems to have delighted to stultify the shallow eighteenth century in which his lot was cast. The long series of his miracles furnish by themselves a sufficient answer to the sneer of infidels, not merely of his own time, but also of the present day. It is idle to proclaim theoretically that something cannot take place to those who have seen it actually occur before their very eyes. Thus, no man who watched the doings of Saint Gerard could doubt the possibility of miracles, for Gerard worked miracles all his life through, and that continually and often under circumstances of much publicity. For this reason alone, the story of his life is full of useful teaching for a materialistic age. It breathes the supernatural as its native air. In the word, but never of the word, he seems a visitant from the everlasting shores, come for a little while to dwell in our midst. Such a life as his tells silently of the invisible presence which ever governs all we see around us. It is meant to burn into our minds and hearts in the letters of fire the remembrance of the sovereignty of God. In writing this little sketch of Saint Gerard, we can only state some few of his miracles. Should anyone wish to study in detail the proofs on which they rest, we would refer him to the testimony used in the processes of his beatification. If evidence such as these, given on oath by a mass of witnesses in every way worthy of credence, be rejected as inconclusive, it is hard to see what would be accepted as satisfactory. In Gerard's early childhood, our Lord was in his wonderful condescension, pleased to make free with him in ways most strange and lovely. Thus, we are told that when he was but five years old, he went one day to a chapel in a hamlet called Caputignano, a little more than a mile outside of Muro, where is venerated an image of our blessed lady holding the divine child in her arms. No sooner had the boy knelt down to say his prayers than he, who tells us that his delights are to be with the children of men, seemed to descend from his mother's arms, a smile upon his lips, and commenced to play familiarly with little Gerard. Then, after a while, the holy child gave Gerard, as a pledge of his love, a tiny loaf of exceeding whiteness. When Gerard reached home, he was, as we may well imagine, brimming over with innocent happiness. 
Without delay, he brought his wonderful present to his mother in the gladness of his heart. She was naturally much surprised and asked the boy who had given him the breath. It was, he answered, the child of a beautiful lady with whom I have been playing. For many succeeding days, this miracle was renewed. Drawn by the heavenly attraction of the divine child of Bethlehem, each morning Gerard went to the shrine of Capotignano and each morning did the prodigy recall. On one occasion, his sister Bridget followed him at a safe distance and was an eyewitness of the magic scene. In later years, after he had become a redemptorist, when this same sister came one day to see him, Gerard said to her with his usual simplicity, Now I understand that it was the infant Jesus who used to give me those beautiful little loaves. Very well, replied his sister with a smile. Let us then go and visit him one more. No, said Gerard, for now I can find him everywhere, whenever I please. This holy child, already so dear to the sacred heart of Jesus, was not seven years old when already his soul yearned for bread that comes down from heaven. One day, during Mass, the little boy felt a secret inspiration to go up with the people and receive Holy Communion. The priest, seeing that he was hardly more than a baby in appearance, passed him by. The child went back to his place in the church, the tears flowing down his cheeks. But the next night, the great archangel, Saint Michael, came to console him, bearing the body of his Lord. This miraculous communion was doubtless one of the great reasons for Saint Gerard's lifelong devotion to the Prince of the Angelic Hosts. Sent to school at an early age, Gerard's virtues soon made him very dear both to master and boys. All wondered at his extraordinary piety. His devotion to the blessed sacrament and to our blessed lady increased day by day. At this period of his life, we are told that during the solemn time which elapses in the Holy Mass between the consecration and the priest's communion, the infant Jesus often appeared to the boys in raptured gaze upon the altar. His, however, was no morbid or unreal devotion. This was proved by his constant and unfailing charity, the one touchstone of all true sanctity. Full of the love of God and ever anxious to help those in trouble in any way he might, Gerard grew daily in grace until, at the age of ten, his confessor permitted him to go every other day to Holy Communion.
After his death, his good mother, speaking of the childhood of her dear son, expressed herself as follows: "My child found his only pleasure in the church, on his knees before the blessed sacrament. He used to remain there so long that he would forget the dinner hour in the house. Young as he was, he prayed all day." He was born for heaven, happy mother of such a son. End of chapter one of Life of Saint Gerard Majella, recording by Valeria.